Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Season 7, Episode 40. Robin Jones and Mark Jackson. Welcome to Talking Corn, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. I have got my tea. It's not as big as I'd like it um, because I think this is going to be a big show uh, with a lot of chat and a lot of good chat, but um, it'll do me for now. It'll keep me keep me sustenance throughout the course. Um, as always, we've got the uh, the chat on all of the channels. If you are watching this on YouTube, if you uh, sorry, on uh, Facebook, if you could put a comment, please. Uh, just say hello and let me know that a Facebook comment is coming in uh, because we uh, did a couple of uh, streams last week. Uh, they're supposed to, when they go um, into the comment section of the uh, Facebook video, they're supposed to show up in my dashboard here. And apparently they haven't done. So do let me know if uh, you are watching on Facebook. If you are watching on Facebook, if you're watching on my public profile, uh, these videos on a Wednesday and a Sunday must confuse the hell out of you because we just talk about comics and Comic-Cons. It's very, very weird. Ah, excellent. Andrew Diggins says, hello. Hello, testing. It's working. Fantastic indeed. Jump in with anything that you would like to ask our guests, anything you'd like to talk about in terms of comics, Comic-Cons, pop culture. <laughs> I mean, we've got ourselves um, uh, Michael P. saying, did everyone catch the Lord of the Rings reunion on YouTube? Missed it, but I did watch all the SpaceX nonsense, uh, including the, uh, uh, the astronauts going into the uh, ISS this afternoon, which was... Very exciting. It was big, big stuff, which means I think I might as well just bring in my special guest uh, to find out what he's been distracting himself with. Hello, Rob Jones. How are you, sir? Hello. hello. I'm all right. Thank you very much. I'm, all, I'm really good. Uh, got my mug. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. What, is, what is your tea? Is it Tetley? Is it Typhoo? Is it's it PG, PG Tips? PG Tips. PG um, my girlfriend's very big on PG tips, and uh, don't argue. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's, uh, PG tips, it's good, best cup of tea. So yes, PG tips. But um, distracting myself with mainly work. If I'm completely honest with you, um, I've, I've been working full time through the lockdown. Anyway, I work as a support worker, but um, also do obviously comic writing and lettering. I've had quite a lot of lettering on, to be fair. Um, Working on a, working on a fair amount of stuff, ranging from um, I've been working on today an adaptation of Richard the Third, oh, which is which is pretty cool. Um, I've also been working on stuff which involves kind of think um, oh what is it? I think like a battle world. Like it, there's a comic I'm working on called Battle Royale Planet, which is currently on Kickstarter, okay. um, which is absolutely nuts. Um, there's all sorts of stuff I'm working on. Some stuff from um, Fraser Campbell as well he did a thing on twitter where he shared a um shared a two-page script he'd written called the wizard fist and um he's asked me to letter some of the pages that were submitted to that so that's been quite fun as well so mainly i'm gonna say mainly work but um my girlfriend and i did the uh marvel cinematic universe run through um and stuff she'd actually never seen all of them before which is so that was that was a lot of fun um i've been reading manhattan projects by, well, uh, you, you are basically getting through every single question that I was about to ask you. You're just blitzing, you're blitzing through because uh, we we're, we're going to take it. Take, let's take this time, man. If you've ever come to see me, time. If you've ever come to see me at a company, I'm a bit of a motor mouth, so I don't. <laughs> got a bit of a rep for it. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I think, I mean, look, Mark's just turned around and said, I'm on my way. I'm just having tech issues. He'll, he'll sort himself out shortly. Uh, he'll come and join us. Um, but, I mean, I think first things first. Sorry, can you just get that door closed for us? Um, I think first things first, um, to introduce yourself. Uh, because oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we kind of blitzed all that past that bit. Because maybe, uh, you, you see, there may be some people watching who don't know who you are, sir. I mean, this is what okay. you have to remember. I mean, considering that Michael P is asking, is Rob Jones actually really Carl Urban is in disguise? Which, I mean, if I just... Yeah, I wish. <laughs> yeah, I can go with that. I could see it. <laughs> Try to pull the dread thing. I've been, I've, I, get, I get called that a lot, to be fair. People say I do look like Carl Urban. So it might be the beard. I get um, Darrow Brian. Which I, I look, I, I can deal with it. I'm 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 six four. I'm about the same same height. I I got no hair like he has. Uh, I haven't got remotely the ability to command a crowd like he does. But um, I'll I take I'll take it. And quite frankly, between Carl Urban and uh, Dara O'Brien, I'd take Carl Urban any day of the week. So I'm, I think I'm I think we're right now. The mighty yeah. dread. Okay, so. <laughs> Introductions. Yeah, go All for right. it. Sir. Introduce All yourself, right, so. and um, yeah, what what in the way of uh, comics do you do? All right, so I work with a kind of comic collective. We call ourselves Madius Comics. Um, there's myself, Mike Sandbrook, Rosie Packwood, Brad Holman, and Alexa Renee, and we do weird, strange, kind of quirky comics. Mike and I write. Rosie, Alexa, and Brad are all kind of artists and designers. Um, so we've done stuff. We've had we've done what five successful Kickstarters for that so far, and some of the, Mike and I have also written some stuff for places like Comic House, um, and things like that. Um, but on top of that, I also do lettering. Uh, so I do comic book lettering. So speech bubbles, sound effects. I do graphic design for people and things like that as well. Um, I did some stuff on the Twenty Four Panels comic, which was an image comic that was done to help raise money for people suffering with PTSD following the Grenfell Tower fire. Um, I've just, it's just come out in the last couple of months where Humanoids, they did a comic called Nick Nevin and the Bloody Queen. Uh, covers by Jock. Covers incredible. The art's by Dom Reardon. Um, colors are by Lee Luffridge. And it's written by a lady named Helen Mullane. And she's, it's fantastic. It's kind of a, it's a very British comic as well. It's all set within, it's all set in Britain. Um, very big on the folklore kind of stuff. So if anyone's been following like um, British comic writers like John Repian, yeah, uh, they've been doing like their folklore Thursday. Him and PJ Holden been doing a folklore Thursday comic, which is which is cool. So I've lettered for uh, I've lettered Commando for DC Thompson. I did. I'm the first letterer in Commando comics history to be able to use sound effects and coloured sound effects as well, which is quite quite nice. Um, I so that was the Ramsey's Raider reissue. So I got to I got to letter all that. I've also done a few of the books for them as well. Uh, for a while, I was lettering the Bruins and uh, Willie. I'm sorry for any Scottish watchers who <laughs> my pronunciation of that terrible. Um, but that was really cool. I got to do that for the Scottish Sunday Post, and I, I letter for copious small press stuff. Um, I'm working on pictures, which I'm not allowed to kind of talk about at the moment. But they've gone to some bigger publishers and stuff. So. Yes, um, it's it's something that I won't lie. Seven years ago, I didn't think I'd ever, I'd, I'd be doing. Um, and when I started writing comics about six years ago with Mike, I learned to letter because I didn't know any letterers and didn't really think about it that much. Um, and just kind of worked from there and got, got carried on working on it. And 
it's a nice little side job at the moment, which is it's getting an, to the point where... It's sorry, an, it's an underrated element of comics creation. And I yeah. think, I mean, people can... I open up a comic and... Obviously, the first thing is you get the art and you kind of you get swept up in the story and you get the characters. But if the lettering just looks like someone's boshed it together in sort of like MS Paint or something daft, and just, <laughs> it, it, it just really feels like you know, when you're watching a film and the sound's not right and the, or yeah, it, it just doesn't have it kind of it doesn't. I mean, it can make, for me, it can make and break a comic. It can really kind of oh, ruin it. I mean, you, you see it with a lot of Kickstarters. You see it with a lot of um, self-published where they just it's an element that they just think oh oh god oh shit I thought, oh yeah well, I've actually got to put the words to the page and it's exactly. almost like a forgotten element of it yeah well this this is the thing and obviously again I mean like hand you know fully hands up saying you know at first it was like that when when Mike and I started out and I started talking to some uh, as, as I got to know more and more people started talking to other letterers and listening and taking constructive criticism it's something where I really kind of worked on the um, worked on the stuff that that we that Mike and I were producing through Madius, and bettered myself through there. And then people started asking me if I'd letter stuff for them. And again, I kind of worked on things like that, and really sat down and and, and practiced and put work in. And obviously, it's got to the point where I've been, I've been doing it's, it's doing stuff and things like that, which is it's really nice to walk into water terms again. But I let that. Um, or the going, ah, oh, Commando, yes, you know, and stuff. So that's 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 been really that's been really nice, and yeah, it it does stick out like a sore thumb if something doesn't if it doesn't sit right on the page and allow the reader's eye to kind of follow the the flow of the story and the flow between panels and things like that, it can be really jarring. And again, that's something as you go along, you that you you learn. Again, taking on board advice from other letterers, um, Jim Campbell, who letters most of the things under the sun at the moment. Um, yeah. Like well, uh, he's, he's a name that's going to come up a little bit later because uh, we're organising the uh, Tripwire Awards and he's nominated Best Letterer in there. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know, it, um, there's, there's him, there's um, Hass as well, who organises uh, Panel by Panel as, as stuff. And, um, you know, they've... They, put out a lot of information about lettering and how to do it correctly. And, and Blambot, who pretty much supplies fonts for the entire indie comics um, scene, you know, through his site, they've, they've all got really good kind of lettering um, tutorials, guides, specific, uh, like, grammatical things in relation to lettering. Hi, Mark. Hello. Hi, Mark. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> if, if, if you could just imagine you brought the pints to the table and you're joining us mid-conversation. There you go. I was kind of watching you on Facebook a little bit as I was trying to... My Twitter, where you sent me the link, just decided to not work. So I had to copy <laughs> that and send it to myself. Oh, it's a nightmare. But here I am. <laughs> Hello, Rob. Hello. Hi. I was just saying, I was just talking about lettering, Mark. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah, carry, on, carry, on, carry on, Rob. Right. So, yeah, no, um, obviously, there's there's lots of really good sites out there. There's lots of good tutorials on... YouTube as well. And so there's not really an excuse anymore for bad lettering because there's so much information out there for people to get to kind of get behind, get involved with, you know, read up before they even attempt it and stuff that at it should be at least functional and passable. But you do see stuff nowadays, you know, still 
um, where it genuinely looks like someone's gone on to, like I said, uh, gone to MS Paint with Comic Sans and gone, that'll do. You know what I mean? I, so, I, 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 I hate to get political myself, uh, but um, I, I will never shy away from any opportunity to give a kicking to Comics Gate. Have you noticed that most <laughs> Comics Gate um, right, I didn't know if I could say. have got, <laughs> have got the shittest lettering going? I don't know what it is. Yeah. They, they don't. Mm. They, they get all. They get all this money coming in, and then don't invest it in decent lettering. I don't understand it. I never understand. It's it. not just that. It's not just that, though, is it? It's not invested in anything except the back yeah. pockets. But Good point. you know, be you know, be that as it may. Um, yeah, I did want. I did want to say. You know, there's a lot of comic skate books that you've that I've seen out and about, which have terrible, terrible lettering. You know what I mean? And so you you kind of look at this stuff and think, well. It's not about quality in comics, is it? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not about that, is it? Let's be honest. But yeah, no, yeah. But but there we go. Yeah, lettering. There's all sorts of stuff out there for people to kind of look into and stuff uh, uh, and information about about that. I know. Again, like I said, Hass, who does uh, panel by panel, he's uh, him and Ajita. Um, oh, I can never I can never remember Ajita's surname. They do a lettering. They do a lettering podcast. Where they talk about lettering in comics and stuff. I need to remember the name. I should have written it down. I've got some notes that, in front of me. That's, that's, that's macro, that is. That's going all I'll, the way in. That's deep. I'll, I'll find you the link and I'll send it so you can maybe put it in the comments afterwards or something like that. No um, worries. Find no worries. Podcast. Really good. Cool. So, yeah. Uh, well, very quickly, um, I mean, yeah, people are now going, oh, third face, what's going on? Um, I mean, indeed, we've actually got, we've got Annie Mae, who's actually new to the whole thing and doesn't know what the hell we're talking about. Hello, I'm new here, Hi, just called in. Hi, Annie, welcome along. Uh, basically, what this is, it's a show uh, which I do on a Wednesday and a Sunday where we talk to some great guests about comics, Comic-Cons, uh, and pop culture, and just um, have a cup of tea and shoot the shit for a, a, an hour or so. Um, uh, sorry for the swearing, but deal with it. Um, but we've spoken to Rob, but it's now great to have um, Mike, uh, Mark join us. Hello, Mark. How are you? Hello. Now, uh, uh, fine, thank you. Uh, well, yeah, surviving. There we go. I think that should be that should be in everyone's bio, surviving. Yeah, we're just getting through it, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. We're trying to, at least. Yeah. We've just had a, a brief introduction to Rob um, for yourself uh, so people can get an idea of who you are as the conversation goes forward. Who is Mark Jackson? Uh, who is Mark? Well, I'm a, I'm a cartoonist and I have created uh, comics and characters for uh, for the Beano um, and uh, Aces Weekly, uh, Comic Scene Magazine currently. Do, well, I, I, I'm not doing it at the moment, uh, but uh, I I do a monthly comic with the Comic Scene magazine. I've done some work for Comic Heroes. I do a lot of self-publishing comics. And one of the ways that I first met Leonard was because I also am the organizer of Mac Pound, which is a comic art festival in Macclesfield in Cheshire, where I live. I'm not sure where to look, because wherever I look, my eyes <laughs> point in a different way. I don't know. I, just look at the, I can't look at the camera. I can't look at the camera. It feels really weird. I feel like I need to look at my face. How do you think that? I, what I do is this is where it gets really interesting for me, and this is great because I get to watch the show back afterwards because I've got a webcam which is there, which is yeah. a good six inches to a foot away from my laptop. Right. So I'm hearing you and involved in the conversation and kind of, but I'm trying to be professional and looking to the camera. That's right. Yeah. So I, I, then, I then watch this back and kind of enjoy it all over again. The green light up here, but I just feel like really weird because I feel like then you're below my chin and that just doesn't feel right. So I feel like it's. <laughs> 
So I don't suppose it really matters, does it? So, not so, yeah. really, not at all. That was my little introduction. So yeah, basically I'm a cartoonist, I self-publish, and I've been doing that for, um, uh, well, the part, this is my 10-year sort of, of coming back wow. to comics uh, and then trying to do stuff, to, to try. I, I grew up wanting to be a cartoonist and then what in whatever way it kind of went, you know, different different routes. I'm a graphic designer as well. Me and my wife, Jane, have a graphic design a company. But 10 years ago, yeah, I came back to it and um, just started. I, I came out to comics sort of like 2008. I started getting into comics again. I just hadn't bought anything for such a long time. And I came and picked up comics for the first time. And they looked so different than the comics I grew up with. Everything was airbrushed and everything was colored differently. The paper was shiny and, and, and it just, I just, I didn't like it. Everything was more expensive. Yeah, and I just struggled to, to sort of to find something that, and the, do you know one of the biggest things that really annoyed me um, and that I struggled with is that for the most part, the person who was doing the cover of the comic I picked up wasn't doing what the interior. So whereas I grew up with pretty much most of the, if it was on, whoever was doing the cover was probably doing the rest of the comic as well. So the cover drew you in uh, and then carried that on. Whereas a lot of the time these days, the cover can draw you in maybe. And then you turn the page, you're like, oh, it's a different person. Bait and uh, switch, that, man. Bait and switch. Yeah, so that happens a lot. So, so I struggled a bit to get back into it. And then I found the first thing I got back into um, was was Kickass. Um, uh, I, I I heard about that through on uh, Ain't It Cool News their website oh, when, yeah, the, yeah. when the film was being um, uh, in production, and I just and they were like going really getting really excited about that. So I thought, well, what is this? And then discovered that John Romita Jr. Um, was the artist on it. Now I've been a, a fan of his since like the eighties. Um, and um, and uh, uh, so many of the comics in my collection were comics that he was illustrating, and so characters that perhaps I might not have necessarily been that interested in. Um, I, I have copies of those because I loved his art. So his art got me interested in, you know, um, I have nothing against Iron Man, but I I was picking up Iron Man because, as you do, I, for me as a as a as a creator, you know, visually. Um, I go in with the visuals. Um, if, if the story's good as well, that's a bonus. But if you know, um, but it's the it's the it's the art that got me into it. I'm trying to remember the first John Romita Jr. book that really got my attention. I think it was Spider Man. I think it was Coming Home. I think, oh, it, was that, I think it was that Coming Home uh, run. Um, that's because more, oh, is that more recent? That's kind of like, no, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a slightly, it's a slightly more recently. I'd say like 10, 15 year ago, but it was yeah. more, it was like, um, it was around that time when I was starting to connect names to art. Late nineties, um, early 2000s. Yeah, it was, it was kind of like that time when I was starting to connect the name with who was actually drawing stuff instead of just going for the title and just going into the story without looking at the title box. If you were instead of connecting the artist and the writer and stuff. Um, it's only that's only something I've done in the last 10, 15 years. So it was, was around that same same kind of time when you saw a, a distinctive um, uh, artist um, on a, on the page. And yeah, I think that was the book that I first remember. I'm going ah, so that's who John Romita Jr. is. And then luckily I got to to meet the guy. So that was rather. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. No, but I it was weird because I I've got a few here actually. So I was 
Out of the three of us, who has got comics to hand, like to reach and grab? Go for it. So you've got yours. Go for it, Rob. So that's, so that's one of the John Rita Jr. Daredevils. I've got this. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, Manhattan Projects. Um, there's Invincible under here. Uh, Saga. Uh, Giant Days is around somewhere. <laughs> I, I dragged all mine into the front room because I've been rereading them. So I've been going through Sci Spirit. Oh, oh, I love you so much, Mark. I love you so much. Oh, yes. I'll just Hobbs. Um, I th there was a podcast, I think it was uh, Cartoonist Kayfabe, that was yes. doing a review of the um, gallery books. And I actually went on eBay just to buy them off the back of that. Oh, those, those, uh, I watched that, I watched that episode, I, I think that was the first, maybe the second episode of that show that I watched, um, I, I was just going through, I think I might have searched Calvin and Hobbs on YouTube, uh, I, the, the, the name Cartoons k kept popping up, because um, I followed um, Ed Piscor, yeah. uh, I, but I didn't really know what it was, and then I saw that and, and watched them basically go through the gallery edition page by page. I just got so caught up when watching them talk about it and thinking, wow, these guys are as obsessed as I am. This is fantastic. Um, and then I then discovered, um, so Jim Rugg, the, the other creator, the other cartoonist on there, I discovered his work. I, I, I didn't really know his stuff that well, but now I, I'm, I, I, I've, I've sort of been going into his stuff like Street Angel and stuff like that. Those would have been the last two, those would have been the last two books I bought. Oh, I got a bit of an echo there. <laughs> yeah, the last two books I bought um, before lockdown budget had to kick in. Okay. <laughs> then the lo then the lockdown happened, and then all of a sudden you had to go. Ah, it's either paying for books uh, willy nilly off eBay or food, and you have to make that decision. But You've got to go with food, haven't you? I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, or or yeah. just nibble on the corners of the comics um, <laughs> and just maintain yourself that way. So I mean, when I started because. Um, just for maybe those people who uh, were confused about why on earth we went bi-weekly with the, uh, the the podcast or with the show. It was because um, during lockdown, it was going to be obvious that there was going to be no comic conventions. There was going to be no comics. There was going to be no community. And just once a week, it just felt a little bit disjointed. So I wanted to do it once, um, sorry, twice a week. So I started doing the show on the Wednesday. And then we started guess getting uh, guests on as the lockdown was kicking in. And the first question I always kept asking them was, so how is the lockdown affecting you? And they were just saying, well, as a comics artist or writer, I'm staying indoors, I'm locking myself away, I'm sleeping strange hours, I'm constantly stressed out, um, I'm just putting these books and comics together. And I just went, ah, so literally nothing's changed for you at <laughs> all. <laughs> so, I mean, what... How, well, I mean, and I asked them about um, what they were reading and whatever, and, the, and it was either going to be stuff that was brand new to keep themselves focused on brand, you know, sort of like a forward momentum, as it were, or they were just going back and rediscovering stuff on the shelves. For the two of you, what, what's it been throughout lockdown? Has it been a case of sort of like going back to basics with stuff that you to rediscover, or have you just been consuming everything new that you could find? Mark, do you want to go first? Because I've got to chat. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, I've I've not been buying anything new, so I tend I don't buy a lot of new stuff. Um, 
I because I I have a young family and I can't afford to just spend all my money on on comics. Uh, so what I tend to do, uh, and, and to be honest, a lot of new stuff I. I, I'm, I'm more at home with, with, with picking up all the stuff that I didn't get at the time um, and, and, and then just reading rereading the stuff that I've got um, for reasons, for inspiration, to be honest. So <laughs> you mentioned about cartoons kayfabe. Uh, <clears throat> around the time when I watched the Catalan and Hobbs one, they also did one about the 30th anniversary of Ninja Turtles, um, which... Um, I, whether I'm wrong in saying this, I, I, I don't know whether... Ninja Turtles are given quite the, um, the tip of the hat that they should be in terms of how they change self-publishing. Um, in, because... in, in the States, they're starting to get recognised for that. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I mean, certainly when you sort of like look into the history and you look at the numbers as well as they did. From, from the first issue to the second issue, the pre-orders were just insanity. You know, they, they, the first issue they did... Um, they didn't expect it to go past the first issue. That's why they killed off Shredder in the in the very first issue, because they didn't think there was going to be a second issue. Um, and but then I think there's something like the pre-orders were like eight thousand copies on the second issue, and then it just went from there. And so so the cartoons caper they were talking about the whole the whole thing, and which that that then got me sort of um, uh, going back to my the the, the Ninja Turtles comics that I had uh, and, and having a look at those. And then they also, I then started going back through the, the, the archives and they've got one where they were talking about the um, Dark Knight Returns artist edition, or there's, there's something about the Dark Knight Returns they've got. Uh, and it's um, it's Jim Jim Rugg, Ed Piscor, and uh, Tom Shirley, is it? I can't, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name. Um, oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they're just talking about um, Dark Knight Returns. And so, and then discovering Jim's work. So off the back of discovering... Jim's work, and then um, sort of uh, watching them talking about the Dark Knight Returns, and then me having a look at that again, and then Ninja Turtles, and me having a look at that. That then inspired me to start doing a new thing um, right at the start of lockdowns, which which is what oh, wow. I did. I started doing a comic, so I, I kind of I tend to do that really. I tend to go back through. I have a, an idea of things I want to do, um, and then. I learned, the first thing I do is I tend to look to the comics that I've got. Well, I, I want to do something in space, so I'll start looking at, you know, I have a, I've done a series, a, a space comic. I'll start doing something, again, new for uh, this comic here called The Spark. Oh, oh hang on. Cool. Which, which is put out by uh, Fair Spark Books, um, the, the guys um, who are connected to Little Heroes kit. And um, so I was doing a, I've been doing a comic strip, like a four-panel strip for them, uh, and then I managed to uh, persuade them to let me have a full page. So in issue three of that, that this is the first issue, the glorious cover by my friend Nick Brokenshire. Um, oh, we're aware of his work. His and, Nick, uh, Nick is fantastic. He's such, such a great guy. guy. <laughs> I, only discovered, I only discovered Nick's work about three years ago. Uh, I discovered Nick for the first time about three years ago. And since then, uh, not only has he come to my comic festival, um, I also got to go to California with him for um, the comic festival last year, uh, and and spend like five days with him, and 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 he's a really really nice guy, and and, and his work's fantastic. So uh, yeah, was that, so, when, was that when his band played Star? Was that when his um, Star Wars themed cover band were playing as well? No, they they oh. they played um, uh, the. Um, sorry, I'm distracted by your mug. That's fantastic. 
I'm a swan. <laughs> okay. Uh, he, he's, he's talking about the actual mug you're drinking from and not your mug. Oh, right, that's that's right. Right. Uh, it's just a very nice face. I've got a very Thank nice you. face. Thank um, you, Mark. It's all right. You know, I think they, they, in America they played the Blues Harvest, um, which is quite possibly, in my opinion, one of the best names for a Star Wars covers band. Um, <laughs> those people who know, they know why that's a great name for a, for a blues band that plays Star Definitely. Wars music. For those people yeah. who don't, they shouldn't be watching this, I don't think. <laughs> and, and, um, yourself, and yourself, Rob, what have you been uh, kind of uh, consuming throughout the course of the lockdown? Well, at the start, when I ran away motor mouth, I kind of let slip a couple of them. Um, I've been reading The Manhattan Projects by Jonathan Hickman, Hickman and, and Nick Patara. Um, I've just got volume five. I've been getting them on eBay because I don't have a large budget either, to be fair. Um and stuff I've been reading that. Uh, I've been reading Giant Days, oh, nice. which is oh such a great book, such a, such a such a fun great book, so well written and characterised and stuff. So I've been reading those. Uh, I've reread some saga, and um, to be fair, that's about. All. I've read probably the first two issues of two three issues of the Losers as well. I got the I've got the first uh, volume one and two like kind of combined uh, soft cover. For a bonnet for myself for my birthday because I had a birthday lockdown. Uh, oh, lockdown birthday. Happy, happy related birthday to you. It's fine. It's all good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, so I've been reading those. But like I say, I mean, problem is obviously, uh, like I said, I work full time as well. So and unfortunately, I've been a, a key worker, and so have been working the entire time as well. So I've not had loads of time to kind of to kind of chill. And then, obviously, with lettering and stuff, I, I, I won't lie, I've had more lettering work since the lockdown began than I had before. Wow. So that's been quite fun. But, yeah. Well, I mean, okay, I mean, let's, let's talk about that, though, because, I mean, we've certainly been talking about um, the way that people have been keeping themselves occupied throughout um, lockdown, and there's just been a, 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 just this massive wave of creativity that's been coming, especially here in the UK, especially from indie comics, especially from self-publishing. Uh, it's almost like there's this kind of we're locked indoors. What else can we do? Let's just get something out. Maybe it's a project that's been percolating for a while. And I mean, the the, the term we've I've used a lot on this the show, and I'm going to use it again. Sorry, regular viewers. COVID babies. There's this kind of like this sense of uh, the, the, these things that have been created while we've just been so sort of like locked indoors. Is it been a lot of projects like that where people have just gone? Okay, I want to get something done. There's, there's been a few. There's been a few like that. Um, there's been a few that were actually kind of on the cards anyway that I had lined up. But there's been a fair few like that. Um, Mike Sambrook, who I mentioned earlier, who I write with, he and I have also had our own little COVID baby we've been working on and stuff as well, which has been really nice. We haven't written anything for a little while. We've both been really busy with life and, and, and everything else. So we've started work on some stuff. We've finished off a couple of scripts and things like that as well. Are you purely against doing it on a computer? Oh, sorry. Oh, I, 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 I keep forgetting that you can see these. Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah. I, just, I was going to bring that up to talk uh, later, but there you go. Oh, oh, no, it's all right. No, well, we'll come back to that then. Um, but yeah, um, like I say, I mean, um, there's been that. There's been a few like that. There's actually one which is which I'm really kind of excited about, which I assume has it. it I mean, it has come about because of the lockdown. It's called um, Tales from the Quarantine, which is being done by uh, Red Cabin Comics, and they've got Indeed. some great names. Um, Charlie Adlard, Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, Kieran Gillard, uh, Declan Shelby, Ron Mars, Rachel, Rachel, uh, oh, what's Rachel said? Rachel Stott, 
as well. You know what I mean? There's all these kind of people involved, and I've been asked to letter for that, which I'm really excited about. Uh, Mike and I have also got a little one-page thing that's gone into it as well, uh, but that's all I can kind of say uh, about that. They've got kind of a, a strict thing, but, I mean, that's a, that's something that's raising money for, for all sorts of stuff, and that's a pure COVID baby, that. It's a pure COVID baby, and you seen things... Um, seen kind of other bits on on kickstarter about quarantine um that comic as well by uh oh god i should really remember oh, no, jordan, thomas. Jordan. Um, jordan thomas yeah we, we jordan thomas yeah yeah that's we it launched oh, that. well, yeah. on this show we did an it, incident really, yeah. we, we launched it. We dropped, it, it they are so close I, I i haven't checked recently they're so close to having sean phillips doing the page for it and Derek robertson's done a cover you know what i mean and, and so it's been really nice to see thank you paul moore <laughs> um but yeah like I say, it's just been really nice to see kind of all these all these projects which people kind of thrown themselves into. And I know there's there's been a lot of kind of thing on, especially on social media, where people are like, well, don't feel bad about not being like fantastic, super, you know, mega productive and all this kind of stuff because everything's all a bit doom and gloom. But it is really nice to see such a big, like you said earlier, a big wave of kind of productivity with people because they've got a bit more kind of time to develop to things and stuff like that. So... Yeah, I mean, it's it's been there's been a lot of that. I, I yeah. personally, and I think a fair few of these projects are kind of COVID babies as well, you know. So brilliant, more cool. please, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for yourself, uh, Mark. I mean, it's it, I think also. I mean, it's slightly different for Rob because, like you say, he's been saying that he's he's got the regular job. Uh, he has he's had this thing that's kind of kept a sense of momentum throughout the course of lockdown. One, everyone else is just struggling to kind of um, keep focused and uh, keep motivated. How has it been for yourself throughout lockdown? I mean, what tricks have you picked up to do to do that, to keep that kind of momentum going? Um, well, to be honest, I just try to keep doing what I, what I did, any, did anyway, uh, but just under slightly more stressful circumstances. But <laughs> the biggest thing that impacted on me um, was literally I, I, just as, as we were all becoming... Um, uh, incredibly aware of, um, of, of of lockdown was about to happen. Um, sorry, I'm just distracted by what that guy is saying. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, incredibly aware of what was just about to happen, um, I started because I do a lot of workshops um, in uh, in schools and libraries and at comedy festivals, and literally just saw in the space of you know, or being fully aware in the space of a week of losing about six months worth of work to be honest and then um and then being aware of what uh, or you know having the thought of well i know that come the summer uh, this person might have contacted me you know based on what happened last year um i, I might have been going here um i do a, a great deal of work for the lakes international comic art festival and they keep me really busy on the run up to the festival as well as for the whole weekend um, so I can last year particularly I was in schools with them um, before and after the festival uh, we did an immersion day uh, with me uh, Sean Phillips Nick Brokenshire and uh, the lovely Emily and Pigeon um, and we did um, we went in basically it was the schools in Kendall kind of came to us we were in Kendall College and uh, the schools in Kendall came to us and we did a, a four four one hour uh, drawing sessions between the, each of us did four one hour sessions over the course of the day and so that would happen as well. And so off the back of that, I just started to think, oh, no, what am I going to do? Um, and uh, a friend of mine who I met last year in the States called Joe, uh, Joe Voz, uh, he's a cartoonist. He's the cartoonist in residence for the um, uh, 
the Charles Schultz Art Centre, uh, you know, Snoopy. Uh, and uh, he's he's a really nice guy. Anyway, he was going to be the first guest at Mac Powell this year, the first American guest who was coming over to Mac Powell. And so I've been in touch with him. And about the, he seemed to be about two weeks ahead of, of the UK in terms of the lockdown. Uh, and he'd started up a YouTube show, uh, drawing every day. And, um, and I thought, uh, you know, as we were sort of getting closer, I thought maybe I need to do that. It was something I'd been thinking about doing but didn't think I had the time. And I still I still don't have the time. I, I have more of a necessity. <laughs> it's like, okay, um, you better do it. So, so literally in the space of the week running up to the lockdown before the schools closed, um, I set that up really not knowing what, what, it, it, what I was doing. Um, and um, I was fortunate right at the start that the lovely Julie Tate from the Lakes Festival um, offered to support the, the channel uh, at the start, which was really cool, uh, and support it now, you know, um, and, and, and throughout. Uh, and it just gave it a bit of validation, to be honest. And so I, I do a twice weekly show, Wednesday, and I do Wednesday and Friday. Uh, and that's a free resource for children. So I do like a 45-minute um, session, and I do like all requests on the Friday. So you challenge me on my on my board, and I draw whatever you say. Nice. In the so that was kind of that. And then... But then I want. I was starting to lose my print publications. I do like two comics a month, and one for comic scene, and that had to get put on hold. Um, and then I also do a strip for the Brooklyn Red Hook Star Review in New York, in Brooklyn, New York. It's a community paper, and the editor of that, uh, George, he um, right at the start, I might, I turned in all my the strips. That it, it fell right when they were all due, so they all went in. And then I went. I said to, to him, what, "What? What about next month? What are you thinking?" He said, "You know, get, get in touch with me next week, and we'll see." He said, "Because it, it's a community paper. It's funded by himself, and his business, his other side of it, his actual business, had taken a massive hit." Um, anyway, he was great. Uh, he kept that going, and um, but I needed to keep making comics. I couldn't stop. I wanted to keep. I didn't want to stop and suddenly go. Oh, you know. I can't, you know, this is not what, I, you know, this is, I'm so fed up with all this. I'm just going to not do it and throw my toys out of my prom. I just thought, well, now it's going to keep making comics. Um, so I started doing a weekly webcomic on Instagram um, just to, just so people had, I, I think it was the, seemed to be the time to, to put stuff out there for people. So the YouTube show was stuff for people to watch, for families to watch and enjoy and let the children do some drawing uh, and just a constant in people's lives. And then I thought, well, I'll do a little webcomic so every Friday they know that they're going to get that if, if people who are following me are interested. Um, I, and then I needed to make some more paying work uh, materialise. So I started using a thing called Kofi, which is kind of like a buy me a coffee kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and um, I I turned, I, I needed to, after losing the, the um, there'd be no sort of um, sight of when my my full page on comic scene was going to come back. I thought I needed to fill that gap. Um, I, you know, I've worked myself for uh, since 2006. And I, I know that when, if, if, if it goes quiet, you don't sit around waiting. You, you make work come, you know, you, 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 you create projects. I, I'm constantly approaching people. Oh, have you had, thought about having a comic in your magazine or this, that, and the other. And, um, and so I use Kofi. Um, I thought, well, I need to do a strip. I need to do a regular strip on there, but I can only do it if it's paying. So I set like a goal. Uh, and although it would have been nice to have carried on doing the one for comic scene, 
I didn't think it perhaps had as much um, following uh, to get people to really get behind it. Uh, however, at the start of the year, encouraged by my close personal friend, Sean Phillips, uh, who's been a great guy. Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah he, he's such a nice guy. I've known him since the start of the Lakes Festival, and every year he's given me more and more time and talked to me about his career and, and, and said some really, really nice things about what I've been doing. Um, he's a really nice guy, and he, uh, just before Christmas, uh, put a, a painting up of uh, Tom Selleck as Magnum on his Twitter. And I think he did it the year before as well, because I think I sent him the exact same tweet, which was, this makes me want to do my Magnum PI comic. Uh, I didn't know what that actually meant, and he responded with, do it. So um, to cut a long story short, about um, uh, less than a month later, I had my Magnum PI comic. Oh, here we go. Which is um, <laughs> a little mini comic. Well, mini Mate. comic. And do you know what? It's bizarre. It was, and I, I'm a big fan of the show. But also, I was inspired by Sean's comment, um, the the fantastic work of John M. Burns in, in Looking. I don't know if you guys remember Looking. Um, I am the, of the age to remember. Yeah, and so the 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 Magnum strip in Looking was a beautiful looking strip, and then also the Mad Magazine parody by um, Mort Drucker, uh, who I'm also a huge fan of. And so those three kind of elements inspired me to do it. Uh, and it was a great, and, and it was actually became my most successful comic that I've ever self-published. Uh, I did an article on Bleeding Cool about it, and overnight it sold out. It was insane. I only do short numbers, but I had to triple my print order. Um, to I the haven't seen one yet. You've not received? Did you order it? I did. Yes. You've not received it? No. I sent. I sent it to you. Oh my word, Leonard! Right, I will get on it's that. The only reason I've inv- excuse me, it's the only reason I've invited you on. Oh, I I right, I need to have a word. No, I, 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 I remember that you ordered one. I can't believe you didn't receive it. That's that's insane. I don't know why. I hope no one else didn't receive no, it. No, I think what it was, it was the case of I'll catch I'll catch him at a convention down the line. Right. Okay. All right. At yeah. Which well, point, that's a whole other conversation, and we're running out of time. Yeah, <laughs> but, I, will, I will sort that out for you. But just to very quickly, so I basically then turned to that character and started doing a monthly strip for Ma- Magnum PI strip on Kofi. Um, and people have been really getting behind that. And so, yeah, I'll start talking now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. Uh, I mean, I, I, I totally get what you're saying about um, kind of getting that inspiration. I mean, my pers- personal, uh, personal friend, um, Frank Miller, he turned around and said, I needed to make this uh, a, a bi-weekly shows. And he said, go for it. In a yeah. New York accent, obviously, but um, and at which point I was inspired to do so. Um, something I, I, I don't want to get too deep into uh, stuff, and I do want to keep it a, a light conversation. But I think it's only fair to ask, as self-employed artists and creators, um, it's been a real tough two week, uh, two months um, in terms of um, the, the 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 kind of like the. The transient nature of what um, comic artists and comic writers and creators do, in terms of just getting some any kind of funding in, it is very much project to project. What support do you feel that you have had, not only from the government but also from the community? How do you feel things have come together for comic creators, uh, especially in the UK, indie and um, self-publishing? Uh, we'll go with Rob. I mean, with Madius, obviously you've got that, which yeah would have a balloon, uh, sorry, as an umbrella, as a business 
So have you had support from the government in that regard? How's, how's no, it not really. Oh. You know, no, we've, we've not. I mean, to be fair, we don't really do that like that big a business yeah. with the arena stuff. And everything's kind of... Because it's all mine and Mike's stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, and everything else. We kind of... I mean, both of us both work as well. So it's kind of it's kind of become a hobby that's becoming a bit more than that. You know what I mean? And stuff. Yeah. So business-wise, you know what I mean? And, uh, and stuff. We haven't really done much. To be fair, we haven't been promoting it that much to be honest with you uh during things we've been kind of head down working on new stuff anyway um i mean like money wise i've been quite lucky that i've i've still been working you know what i mean because i do everything kind of on the side of that so and i've been really lucky in the sense of because people have been being productive lettering wise i've still been i've still been reasonably busy i mean with with the situation with things um i've been kind of displaced Rob for Doctor Who 2020. Uh, <laughs> sorry, um, just saw a comment come up. But no, um, with, with the kind of way things have gone, I've been displaced by it, to be fair. So I'm not at home. I'm, well, this home now, but you know what I mean? I, I, I'm not where I was living. And so, like, we've, my girlfriend and I have had to kind of set, set things up. And so I've been really lucky that, I, that it's been the case that there's been this boom in creativity and stuff because I've been able to make sure we've got stuff in the house you know what I mean, for us, because we needed lots, you know, and stuff. So that's that's been really lucky. But business-wise, like I say, no, not, not it, a lot it, really. Okay. In that case, in terms of the support of the uh, community, um, oh, right, yeah. Facebook groups, other creators, I mean, has it – I mean, I've only just been included into a Zoom conversation, which I believe is going to happen next Friday, which I'm going to be – I'm going to be a strange lurker. <laughs> On that one, I don't. I don't create comics. I don't write. I don't draw. Uh, but I've been invited to kind of like sit in the corner and listen to all of this wealth of talent in a Zoom conversation. You, you do moderate. You do moderate comic cons, don't you? And panels at comic cons. So therefore, you've probably got a bit of practice in being able to wrangle us all in. You see. So I don't I mean, know like, about that. I, I, I can. I can think. I can steer a conversation. But, um, I can do. I can do one on two. I can do one on three. I can just about handle a thing like this. One on 15, one on 20. I think I'm outnumbered, dude. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the, the way that the communities come together, how's that kind of work? I think it's been really supportive, to be fair. The community, well, my my kind of, uh, my personal kind of experience of it is everyone's been really supportive. Um, we'll message each other, you know what I mean? Lots of people, everyone's kind of got their own like, little bubbles with, of people that they may, may work with and stuff like that. And obviously I kind of working a few doing lettering for a few different people and stuff so we've been checking in on each other we've had like uh facetimes i haven't been in the zoom things purely because they all happen when i'm at work so i've not bothered to kind of like poke my nose in and say can i join in they all seem to be happening when i'm on shift um but i won't i won't lie i don't i don't know how i cope in, in that situation anyway i mean i'm a loud bloke but i just i'll just end up talking over everybody um but yeah, I think the community has been really good and really kind of, like I say, rallied around one another. And everyone's like cross-promoting stuff and, 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 and sharing things around and stuff like that. So I think that's been real. That's my experience. But it seemed really helpful. It seemed like everyone's been really helpful because pretty much, you know, kind of figuratively speaking, everyone's in the same boat. You know yeah. what I mean? Everything, the country's kind of ground to a halt for the last two months, in a sense, bar essential things. So a lot of people have kind of been kind of left with a lot time on their hands and, and everything else so people are able to engage more with, with with others you know so that's been from what i've seen that's been really nice you yeah. know and it's been a nice nice it doesn't describe it well it's been really good it's been really bolstering and it's not just a, a bolstering thing just for 
people's creativity but i think for the mental health as well you know what i mean and stuff i think that's been really good it's been seeing that support even if it's just small little things it's been a really nice thing especially with all the crushing weight of the world around us how it, how it has been the last two months so yeah no i think the community's been brilliant cool uh, for mark i mean i can imagine as well for yourself you've had people that you would uh, be inviting to mac pow and they've been in, in touch and i can imagine there's been that conversation backwards and forwards especially about how that show would have gone ahead i mean what's been yeah what's been your support system been like yeah i mean that was <clears throat> that was a hard one right at the start you know i, I was very positive about oh well you know because we were talking like march weren't we and yeah. it's like you know surely by the end of june things will be better you know because you kind of think because i suppose you know now we're, we're, we're so far into it but at the start, you just think, really, you know, because as 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 um as a dad, um, if the children don't go back to school till September, they've been off for six months. <laughs> but at the start of that, if you at the start, if you turn to any parent, and go, do you know what? They're going to be off for six months. You'd be like, what? <laughs> so, so at the start yeah. of it, I didn't think, you know, you start to think, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. Um, but what I realised was I was I was listening as I always do. I'm going to show out my age now, but I listen to Radio Two every day. Uh, I'm not afraid to say that on on, yeah. on this. Show. Uh, and um, they were chatting. So yeah, so they were they were chatting um, on Jeremy Vine about cancelling things, and it was right at the start when and they were saying about um, you know because obviously people were cancelling weddings, and they were chatting to a doctor, and they were saying about weddings. And one person said, you know, had one sort of like in March and or whenever it was like, well, obviously. And then somebody said one in June, and and so let, let's say this. I think it was March. It was mid March when I said I postponed Mac Powell, and and she said, yeah, I would postpone that one as well. And that's when it hit me, and I just thought, yeah, because and what I've realised with, with like for instance the lakes because they they've announced that they're going to be that's fully a virtual festival now, and yep. some could might, might say. Well, why have they done it so soon? Because that's not till October. Who knows? We might be all right. But as as anyone who organises an event like this knows, you don't just organise it a couple of weeks before. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you kind of organise it all the time. Uh, and that, that became my realisation. I kind of blindly went into organising the little event in Macclesfield. Uh, this would have been our fifth year. And uh, with no thought beyond doing one, because I just thought, well, I'll do one. And, then I'll, and that's what I'll have done. Uh, and then it it, it went well uh, and it went really well and then it kept getting better and better um, and so it takes whereas the first one took a matter of kind of like maybe you know let's say four months at the most well no not four months I'm doing myself a disservice it was being talked about but it wasn't the thing in my head all the time yeah um, now I'm literally thinking about the next one before the first ones even happen sometimes, you know, oh, well, well, that person for next year and stuff like that. And, and and so there's so much goes into it that you can't go, well, let's just see what happens in a couple of weeks time. You've got to make a sensible decision. And, and so I just thought that is the sensible decision to do. And and most of the people who were involved have come back and said, um, you know, it must be a tough decision, but we, I'll be back next year. And so many of the exhibitors uh, who uh, paid for a table, uh, they said, um, for the most part, some people, are, you know, I said to you, if you if you want a refund, you, you can, obviously. And some people did, and I totally understand why. And then other people said, just leave it till next year. 
but what that does as well is that unfortunately means that um, we're always going to be playing catch up for yeah. however how long because it's great that these people have said hold it till next year um, but, but we, we've lost this year and so we've lost the, 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 the money that it generates to keep it going um, and um, you know I operate it on a very small budget for in terms of um, you know comic events and do the best I can with this, with, the, with the, the amount of money I have um, but it's going to have an impact on it um, it's going to take a few years after this for it to get back on its feet I suppose Sure. Um, well, I mean, I just... I, I'll, I'll put this to the pair of you then, because uh, I mean, obviously, uh, as a convention organizer, Mark, and as somebody who attends and exhibits at conventions and tables at conventions, Rob, that I'm the, this year to just from March to whenever. I mean, we can't determine when it's going to kind of get back to some kind of normality, and a show will return. And we'll get to Thought Bubble as the final question of the, the, the whole session. Um, reading my mind yeah. there. Like, I was literally thinking about that. Yeah. Um, just how painful has it been for the UK small press and ind independent comics to not have conventions this year? Because it is a major revenue stream. It is a way of connecting with an audience. Obviously, there's other main other avenues. There's other ways of um, reaching out to people uh, on Facebook and whatever. But the conventions is a unique unique experience to interact with that audience face to face. How painful has it been to lose 2020? Yeah, we'll start with Rob. All right, uh, it's been really crap. To be fair, it's been that's an understatement. Um, it's been really horrible. Um, we, us at Madius, we normally do we. We kind of streamlined our cons a little bit. We only really do two at the moment. We were looking to do four this year, though. We were looking to go down to London. And we were also looking at the lakes and wanting to apply for that, strangely enough. Um, and, yeah, obviously Glasgow cancelled. And Glasgow is one of our mainstays. We love that. We love the people that attend the convention. We love the people that exhibit at the convention. We love the people that organise the convention. You know what I mean? So that's been a real kind of kicker. I think it's there's definitely lamenting like obviously like you said the revenue stream but there's also the social aspect of it the social side because everybody kind of interacts on twitter and, and facebook and stuff like that and talks but like it's really great to be able to share the convention center with loads of people that you you get on with really well you know what i mean and you, you only get to see at these events and you'll you'll know that you know what i mean you've, you've either been at conventions or whichever they go by like that they're gone yeah uh, and it's like a horrible kind of fleeting moment where you get to just interact, you know, be around all the people that you really like. And that's one of the things that's really hit me, I think, as well, is the social aspect of going, oh, crap, I'm, I'm not going to see my, I'm not going to see friends and, and, and everybody else, you know, that I, I love kind of keep, you know, meeting up with and seeing and stuff like that. And also it's a bit, it's a big kick in the teeth as well to the, uh, to the industry as well, you know, uh, in, in that kind of sense too, because again, they're also, meeting points for sparks of creativity as well and stuff like that and 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 get it being able to get like the guests that a lot of people do over and, and stuff is going to make things difficult i know obviously um because like glasgow had to cancel i've seen like you said mark about the lakes doing everything online i know they've been i know like you said earlier about people trying to think their way around it i've seen things like tom tom ward who does merrick the merrick the elephant man has done stuff like kitchen con which is a virtual one, and loads of people yeah. join in, hashtag and stuff like that, which is to try and obviously promote and, and sell books and stuff like that. But 
again, I think it's just been, I, I think it's been a real kind of loss. I think we, we've written off 2020, to be completely honest with you. We've to, entirely went, to, kind of, to derail the question and kind of take it into a little can, tangent uh, for Mark, uh, you'll probably know more about the, the kind of the, this landscape. Are we going to lose a number of creators because the money has not come in this year from cons? What? From actually getting books out there. Uh, what you mean in terms of who will, who will come to them? Well, I mean, who who who's just who's probably invested money in getting books printed up that are now they're not going to be able to sell, or they're right, not so you know, the, the the investment in putting towards tables. That I mean, that could that can kill a creator. That can yeah, it can. But I think something I something I heard and all read was, and it dawned on me that that a lot of people are only creating comics to sell at comic events and. And 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 I, and I suddenly thought, oh, is that what some people do? And I understand why they do that, but I think if, if you want to do this as as your job or as part of your job, and you want it to not be hit so hard by the, the I I'm going to miss. Obviously, I'm losing work by I, I get especially when I'm at the lakes. I attend that and I get I'm paid to be there because I, I do workshops the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's but I'm doing workshops for them for the virtual one but i think if you are only making comics because you sell them when you go to events you've got to look at well you should be make if you want to do it and you don't want it to really affect you you've got to be making them anyway to sell them however you can don't yeah. just rely on because this is going to come along and it's the first thing that'll come along and you're like oh i've got all these things printed and now i can't go to this event well you can't put all your eggs in that basket. You've got to still be trying to get them out. The comic event is a great way to get them in front of people. But if you're, if you really want to do this and you don't want to get, you want to carry on doing this, you've got to be able to try and you've got to be able to sell them without a comic event. Does that make sense? Yeah. Things like Kickstarter uh, and stuff like yeah. that. Obviously, people, we've seen some really great creative Kickstarters over the last couple of weeks, a uh, couple of months. You know what I mean? I mean? There's some really big names moving to Kickstarter. I'm really glad, obviously, that the the kind of unionization thing has gone through as well. You know what I mean? That's made it feel a little less shill-like to kind of work on there you know, and, and do your stuff. Obviously, through Madius, we do Kickstarters. We've done, I think it's five. I can't remember off the top of my head, which is ridiculous. But we've done, like, I think we've done five Kickstarters um, and things like that as well. Um and so, like like Mark said, you've got to be able to if you if you're wanting to do it, don't you can't just put everything into one stream of things. You've got to look at ways and means of, of splitting that up, and and it's it's about getting as many eyes on things as possible. If you limit yourself to one room, just conventions, then again, there's always the chance of something like this coming up, something like a pandemic. There's always a chance of something happening. Those cons going south, things like that. So. You need to be able to diversify in in that kind of sense. Sure, I think for myself, it wasn't. The, I mean, I totally get what Mark took from my question, uh, but, but I think it was more a case of that in, that investment that people have made in the beginning of twenty twenty one, and the fact that the world just stopped pretty much on yes. a dime. It really yeah. and it really was within like a week and a half, two weeks, the world just just dropped to a. A standstill, and all of a sudden, we've all had to just change our plans. I mean, it, we, you were talking, uh, Mark, about when that penny dropped about what the rest of the year was going to look like um, with uh, some something that someone said. Someone just suddenly—it was around that March time when someone turned around and went, 
they're not going to open pubs again until November. And I just went, that's my revenue stream. That's my job gone for the year. And you just go, and you did that realization of what that's, what means. Let's, um, I, I, I said we were going to keep it to a tight hour. We're at the, we're at the hour point, and we could just carry on going. And I, I'd love to. I really would. Uh, got a couple of comments that have come in, though. So let's cover some questions that have come in. Uh, number one, uh, let's just uh, very quick, quickly put this up. Where on earth is it? It was in there. Um, and it was about um, Magnum PI. It's one of the best shows ever. So there you go. They've got a definite sale there. Check out the book because it is, I mean, yeah, there you go. It's on screen. Check it. <laughs> All new adventures. Um, but the, the, the comment um, is coming from uh, Solicitor of Smeg. When things normalize, uh, do you think that their sales spike um, due to a fans being hungry for comics that might get people into comics that might not have picked up before? I think, well, I mean, we kind of covered this on previous episodes where it's that real kind of drive for story and drive for entertainment and a real drive for things to consume. Do you think there's going to be a, a real uptick in comics fans at the end of this? I hope so. That's the most honest answer I can give. I really hope so. You know, obviously, like you said, people look at the moment, people have turned to the arts, haven't they? Let, yeah. Let's be entirely honest with you. Throughout this whole thing, people have turned to the arts, and that's from the latest show on Netflix to books to comics to whatever. Music, people have turned to the arts. Cooking. And hopefully that continues. Cooking. You know what I mean? For a break. Cooking, yeah. <laughs> Create and, and obviously by 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 that, I'd, somebody needs to get Kim Joy to write a comic, right? And you get that crossover. You you get that crossover from cooking to comics, and then then we're all on Easy Street, and we'll all be doing like cooking cooking comics and stuff like that. But I think I'd like to see it uptake in it. I'd like people to, you know what I mean? Not because of a fear of going, oh crap, we might be locked down again for two three months or whatever. Just purely because there's hopefully a bit more of a kind of drive for, like you said, narrative for stories, for escapism, I suppose. We live in, we live in a world which is a bit scary, you know, and that's an understatement. Um, and escapism is one of the main drives for seeking out art and, and, and stuff like that. And obviously, hopefully, people will be wanting to kind of dive into, dive into books and, and, and I'm hoping dive into comics. I think because me, sure. me and Mike have got all sorts of plans that we've been knocking together and stuff, and we'd love to love to get them out to, to place. I'm sure Mark's the same. You know what I mean? He's obviously working on his new thing and stuff. So I'm going to say I hope so, which isn't that definitive, but that's that's what I'm doing. No, I, I, I get it, <laughs> Mark. Yeah, no, I I I just um, yeah, I hope it kind of carries on, and it's been a great chance to sort of um, because you've had people's attention because people have needed. Um, some content, and so it was a great time, and that's why I felt if you, if, if people, if you're not doing things in this this time, um, then then you you maybe missing out because it's a great time to put stuff out there, and um, like for instance, like uh, Jacob Phillips, um, uh, and he, he him and uh, Chris Condon, they were about to launch their new their first image comic. Um, I think it would have been out now actually, or is out? Yeah, I think it was supposed to come out last Wednesday. Yeah, and so that had to put a hold. It's coming out at the end of June, I think now. But then they just started up a Patreon, um, and um, and they put a new. They've been serializing or started a new a new comic strip on their new eight page comic called uh, Brutal Dark. I think it is. There you go, Jake. He's getting a right old plug there. That's all right, isn't it? <laughs> but it's a really it's like a crime uh, comic, and, and they just and, and again, so they couldn't get the comic they wanted to get out there in print. So rather than go, oh, we're so fed up, which they probably were, because they were really, they couldn't wait. It was their first image comic together. 
Um, and he just thought, well, I'll tell you what, let's use the, the, the channels that we can. Let's do something else and, and get something else out there. So now we've got two things coming out there. We're coming at two different angles. And the fans who might not have even known we were doing this other comic have now learned about that through the webcomic. And then when the print comic comes out, we'll have that as well. And we'll have the, the webcomic. So, you know, it's, if, if you keep making stuff, People, as they say, people will come. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Okay. That was one of the better Kevin Cosner impressions I've seen. Congratulations on that. <laughs> um, I mean, we've got Mark, Mark Abner, uh, who we all know, all love as well. Mark is a top bloke. Um, lots of people accessing different media platforms for the first time. Webtoon, etc., keeps growing outside of Asia. There are a lot of people who will have le uh, less cash flow post-COVID and will try to get their entertainment in new platforms and services. That's an interesting point. Um, the, the, the whole way of um, different avenues of uh, taking on board uh, content as definitely. I mean, my YouTube viewing has gone through the goddamn roof uh, throughout <laughs> this entire thing. I, I mean, people talk about, I mean, you talk about the streaming wars and the, the um, different streaming channels. The amount of YouTube channels that I am now consuming on a regular, it's, it's a lot. It is a lot. Um, but also just to kind of uh, talk about um, the conventions and how things could be looking towards the back end of the year. A lot of conversation uh, at the moment in the uh, Q&A regarding uh, second wave. I mean, we've got um, Mark, who's also saying uh, possible second wave. And we've got the the whole idea. I mean, we've got a couple of comments as well coming in from the, 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 the American viewers. Hello, guys. Anyone heard anything about NYCC? And obviously, we've had the read pop survey. So we think that's going to be going virtual. So let's wrap up on one final question then for you guys. Um, Thought Bubble. It is the single biggest um, comics-led convention here in the UK. It is based in a building which currently is still packed to the gills as a, um, um, a Nightingale hospital. Um, yay or nay? Well, do you know, I mean, as far as, because I, I, I was involved with Tottenham for the first time last year um, and, and was going to be again this year. And um, as far as they they are promoting it, it's happening. Yeah. Yes. Um, but um, <coughs> so, so I, don't, I, I don't know I, 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 whether they're promoting it like it's happening because they want to keep that going and then we'll reveal a new plan. But still have everybody that they're promoting him, but I, I don't know. Um, but it's um, it will it will soon be. Wow. It'll soon be. It's, it's June tomorrow. It'll soon be it'll here. Soon, yeah. It'll soon be here, and um, and at the moment, do you do you think that that's that, that that's possible? I, I I don't know. They 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 must be making a decision, but I, I don't know. Mm. You, I would, I'd love to think it was, but but I'd love to think it was in a world that perhaps isn't the one we're in at the minute because in the world we're in at the minute i don't know how it could be possible but i, no, I mean then again we could we could also talk about the fact that i mean the world stopped on a dime it could get back up and running relatively yeah. quickly it could yeah we, we did and, and and you know uh, and who's to say how this is going to work it could be you know it's all it's all well good to sort of be doing gloom and go oh, the second wave and second wave but there's also the chance of well what if there isn't? And yeah. what if we're, we're okay? And, and who knows? Because this time last year, none of us knew this was... I know people have talked about... Bill Gates was talking about this, was things were coming like this. But nobody knew this was going to happen, you know, when it was going to happen, if, you know. 
and and it just happened, didn't it? Really, it felt like it just suddenly. It's like, oh, well, hang on a sec, what's going on? You know, the first yeah. time I'd heard about coronavirus yeah. must have been January. I don't. It wasn't in December. I think it was start. You know, some point in January they started talking yeah. about it on the news. Yeah. Um, and discussing it on January Vine. You know, little pockets of it every now and then. Um, mm. And then suddenly mm. it's more, and suddenly it's more, and then suddenly the entire show <laughs> is about yeah. the coronavirus. Um, so I have, I have no clue. Um, it's whether people will feel comfortable. Going. I think also the, 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 the fact that it's an, an international show, and Into the Blue yes. Mister put something up, and I think we'll uh, jump into Rob for his comment on this one, uh, with uh, Thought Bubble will occur, just scale back with UK-based guests with, instead of international ones. I mean, that could work. That could work. I mean, this would have been this would have been Madius Comics' sixth Thought Bubble in a row. We've we've been, you know what I mean. We we put in for it. We paid for our we paid for our table. We've left it because it was the back end of the year. We've left at the moment. We've left it. We cancelled Glasgow, which you know wasn't the best. We didn't like doing that. You know, but we we thought bubble. We we thought well, there's more time to see what plays out. From what I understand, they've been talking about changing dates. There's been there's been a look in at changing the date of it. I think, uh, and you know, obviously, again, if things continue to, if things trend downwards, and um, because it's never just going to go away, but if it gets to the point where this initial first burst of, of uh, and I mean, I'm not a virologist or, or anything like that, but obviously, yeah. this initial burst of this thing goes through, and we all learn better ways to deal with things and better ways to deal with it and stuff, then great, and that's fine. But like with regards to to us, I mean, like with with Madius, Mike's got Crohn's. You know what I mean? So it's a compromised immune system. So if things are going on and they still decide to kind of put it, we, we won't be going. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if that's the case and stuff. And obviously, I think it's a it's a difficult balance. There's there's all these things and all these. It's like all the all the gigs that have been cancelled and and things like that. I think it's a case of public safety comes first. Like like you said, Leonard. Obviously, the Harrogate Convention Centre is a Nightingale Hospital at the moment. We don't know if that's going to. Be, obviously, hopefully that won't be the case for the next few months. But then. You're talking about what October, November time, which is the time when you get the uptick in flu and colds and things like that. And obviously, if you've got flus and colds and COVID mixed all together, and everybody talks about Concrud, you're all shaking hands, you're all in each other's face, you're all in each other's spaces and faces and stuff like that. I think even if it does go ahead, it'd be a massively, drastically different type of convention. Yeah. I think face coverings would have to be had. You know what I mean? There'd be no handshake you know things like that you know what i mean and uh, i think it would be again it would have to be it'd be much more limited in the amount of people that probably could probably come because of again i don't see social distancing going away i don't see the idea of that going away for a while you know what i mean until until we've got more things under control so the co the concept of social distancing will go away people's actually adherence to it hold of the ball game yeah exactly yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree with you there. And that's a whole other thing that I could sit here and moan about for yeah, now. We could um, go into something else now. Optimist in me goes, please, I hope so. You know what I mean? I really want it to be. But the realist in me is kind of going, I think we should write it off and start next year when we've got those things, which is horrible to say because, again, all the money, time, everything else invested in it. You know what I mean? Uh, the, that's a huge loss. And obviously again the social aspects of it new comics and stuff like that but i think safety wise and measuring things up that way that's got to kind of outweigh other things so yeah. that's my that's my two cents on it you know what i mean so yeah fair enough 
I mean, we've got, we'll kind of wrap things up with a couple of comments. Um, we've got ourselves at Andrew English, last con in Liverpool. I attended photo shows. You didn't shake hands, um, arms, hugs around each other. So it was very much a, a distance kind of element. That is very much a pop culture show where that whole idea of interaction is one thing. Um, Mark Abnett was due to be my first year tabling T-Bubs, but due to my partner's immunity system, uh, immunity suppression, I can't see myself attending. That is going to be a big thing for a lot of people. I can uh, totally appreciate that. Uh, Solicitor Smeg, if someone coughs at a con, everyone's just going to die for the nearest cover. Yes. Um, uh, if anything, you're going to see a lot of people going under the tables a lot faster than uh, that. Um, and also, um, we can't, I mean, I've kind of throw, thrown that question at you. We can't I mean, like I say, the world changed so quickly and we can't even determine what's going to be, uh, the, the what the landscape's going to be in two weeks' time, three weeks' time. We don't have that crystal ball. But Solisterous Meg does suggest a new idea for Marvel's What If series, What If Corona edition. Um, yeah, just the, the, the various things that we could do and the, the various uh, <laughs> things that can happen uh, in, in the world of uh, comics and uh, co uh, co uh, Comic-Cons and just the way that we're all interacting. It's just, it's things to uh, look forward to um, for better or for worse. Guys, I think I've kept you long enough. I know that one of you has got kids to put to bed. So uh, I know that, that we've got to let you go and we could just carry on going. And it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, Rob, I think you've got yourself a fair old list of stuff you can promote. Where can people find you online and what, and what you're up to, sir? Okay, so for myself personally, on Twitter, at Rob Jones Writes, which is to make things nice and confusing, because on Facebook, if you search for Rob Jones Lettering, you can find me there. Um, there's also Maddius Comics. Um, if you just type in Maddius Comics on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, you can find us there. Um, I've got a Kickstarter launching in the next few weeks, which is called Hell in Stalingrad, which is a kind of cross-promoted thing between Maddius Comics and Mad Robot Comics. Uh, Matt Hardy, the writer there, he and I have teamed up with... It's a... 60-plus page pulp war horror stories set in the midst of the Battle of Stalingrad. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm lettering Tales from the Quarantine for uh, Red Cabin Comics. And then Maddie's have got all sorts of stuff coming out. We've got Bun Free, The Incredible Bun Free. Uh, we put out a comic last year at Thought Bubble called The Exchange, and we're doing... We've got the, the follow-up coming to that. Um, Griff Gristle 4, which if you follow Maddie's Comics, you'll know Griff Gristle is one of our is one of our big Kickstarter comics that we do. The fourth one's coming, and we're also doing a second edition of our kind of Future Shocks meets Stupid Comedy uh, paperbacks and ink stains. Volume 2 is being worked on and put together and pieced together at, uh, at the same time. So, yeah. And we've got some longer-form stuff coming, Mike and I. We've got some bigger projects that we put together but um, we're keeping them slightly under wraps at the moment so we can share a bit more about them. But yeah, come find me, find us all there. Come come follow me and shout random annoying things at me into the void. <laughs> well, I, I knew there was a lot of stuff. So that's why I gave you the opportunity to, uh, to go <laughs> first. You. Rob, thank you very much indeed for that. For yourself, Mark, um, what have you, well, let us know where we can find you online and what you've got coming down the line. Yeah, you can find me uh, as Mark Makes Comics, M-A-R-C, Mark Makes Comics. In fact, there you go. Mummy's, where is it at? There you go. Mummy's Comics. Dot Comics on Twitter, Instagram, Etsy. I don't know. MySpace. Uh, your local <laughs> post. Like um, carry carry um, pigeon. Uh, mental telepathy. Yeah, all those things. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So Mummy's Comics, and I, uh, I'm also on Kofi, which is ko-fi.com. Mummy's Comics. So if you find me on Kofi.
as Marmex 26, Marmex Comics, and they'll come up. And that's where I'm um, serializing, doing the monthly Magnum, uh, continuing the all new adventures of Magnum PI. I have my um, webcomic, Bring the Ninja, on uh, Instagram, which is a weekly thing. And that's going to be um, out in print uh, at the start of July. I'm, I'm, con I'm compiling uh, all the comics together that I've done uh, so far and some that are coming over the next few weeks. Uh, as a little um, uh, little collection, so I so I'm basically still making comics, so I'm getting some physical things out as well, and then I'm also going to start restart this series on on Kofi as well, which is why I launched it at, at Thought last year, uh, and the plan was to have four issues complete and then take the collection uh, to Thought Bubble this year, um, but then I just couldn't focus on doing a 24 page comic, and that's why I started just doing more and more strips. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of rebooting it online. Uh, so there will be a brand new issue one. Um, it's just going to be slightly different. Um, and uh, But it, it, will, it will arrive in print at some point, hopefully um, for around the time of the lakes. Um, and yeah, um, and if you're in Brooklyn, New York, reading my, my uh, comic strip in the Brooklyn Red Hook Star Review, those guys are having a hard time over there with everything that's going on. Not just the coronavirus anymore. Uh, which is, uh, no. uh, you know, because, uh, no. yeah, you know, that's yeah. the kind of thing that happens yeah. in America, isn't it? You know, unfortunately, it's all going to hell again. Uh, and so for people who are being affected by that, um, it's a shocking situation. Um, you know, it really that's is. That's a I, whole, I, that's a whole other hour. That's a whole other hour. It is indeed. Well, yeah, just... so that's <laughs> comics. And I appreciate you having me on. Nice to meet you too, Rob. And maybe you should come to Mac Pound next year. Nice to meet you, guys. I'd love that, mate. I would love that, definitely. Sign me up. I'll, I'll be there. Um, right. Uh, I mean, we've got a couple of comments. Paul Moore is talking hell in Stalingrad. Can't wait. Um, we do, or we usually would do a, a crowdfunding spotlight, so we'll definitely love to uh, spotlight that. So get information about that. We'll get that up on the end of the, the show in a couple of weeks. Um, we've also got people talking about Concord, uh, just to wrap things up. Karen Session got a case of Concord last year. Uh, I survived, and I'm an old lady. Uh, Andrew English, I got Concord from two cons at the beginning of the March. And then Solicitor's Meg, I've never had it. I've been lucky. I've got a couple of hangovers from after parties, though. <laughs> That's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. Excellent stuff. Right, uh, for myself, Lone Sultana, uh, you can find me on all the social medias at Englishman SDCC, of course. You can also follow stuff that I do on the conventioncollective.com slash Englishman in San Diego. Just to quickly talk about the uh, the um, guests that we've got coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we've got uh, Louise Saul and Dave Taylor on Wednesday's show. Fred Bland Lente is going to be joining us uh, with Tina Gann on Sunday next week. Uh, I'll, no, I, I haven't amended this graphic. Wednesday, the 10th of June, um, we've got ourselves Alex Packnadel and Declan Chalvey, who's going to be joining us. That's going to be an interesting show. Um, we are yet to fill out the rest of the, um, the Sunday uh, and Wednesday shows between the 14th and the 24th. We are going to be doing a cross show with the con show. So um, Jim Fry, the con guy, is going to be coming on. Uh, we're going to be doing a bit of a, a kind of like a, a strange pollination kind of cross direction kind of show. More uh, details to that on the way. We're also going to be getting Rachel Hine from Nerdist on as well. So looking forward to that. And at the end of the month, Russ Burlingame and Mike Avilia, through massive demand, we are going to be getting those boys back for uh, another show as well at the uh, the end of the month. That has been... <laughs> and now we've got phones. One second. Hello? I bet it's Sean Phillips. 
Lannis, <laughs> my, my cast personal friend, Bill Senkevich. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he, yeah, yeah, he, Lennon was upset. But you are going to come mm -hmm. on. He's going to come on, Lennon. He's going to come on the show. He's going to do it. All right, okay. We, we, it's on camera. It's on camera here, Bill. Now he's going to come um, on. Can, sorry, can, 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 you, can you reach that? Can you just... Yeah. I can't, I can't quite get hold of that. Yeah. All right, Bill. It's nice to see you. Stay well, Bill. See you soon. Bye. Thank, thank, thanks, Bill. Thank, thanks for that. Listen, I, I've messaged, I, I have messaged Bill Sienkiewicz and basically said, forget the TBA nonsense. Any day, any time that you want to come on, we'll, we'll sort of you know, listen. No, that was Bill. That was Bill on the phone. He's coming on. That, Is, that wasn't, yeah, that was real. Okay. <laughs> I I think I know when I'm being prompted. Okay, <laughs> guys, thank you very much Steve, for coming on. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Everybody, uh, hopefully, you can join us for another talking con a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Please join us uh, for our show on Wednesday. Like I say, it's going to be a cool one. Uh, enjoy the rest of the your Sunday. Please stay safe. Um, do what you can to protect yourself. Not only like uh, Mark mentions. Uh, in terms of um, COVID, but just generally, it's a wild world out there. Uh, please try and look after you and yours. From us to you, we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye. <laughs> is it? Is it? Are we off? <laughs> <laughs>